Philippians chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter number 2. Amen. God is so amazing in this place. Is he not? Mm. Amen. He is wonderful. Wonderful. Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 1. You're there, say amen. And you hath he quickened who were, be, were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also ye had... Or ye all had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the age to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Verse 8. For by grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, that God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. One more verse, Matthew chapter 27. I know I didn't give this to Brother Sturgill. Matthew 27, verse number 46. I love the sounds of the pages flipping, so I figured I'd join in. Amen. Praise the Lord. Verse, chapter number 27 and verse number 46. And verse number 46. It says, And about the ninth hour... Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, to be, that is to say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I want to preach for the next few moments here this afternoon on Amazing grace. Amazing grace. Lay your Bibles down. Raise your hands to the Lord. Let's pray. God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you've done at this place. God, already in this service, I know today, God, that you are not done yet. I know, God, that you're going to move, you're going to touch, you're going to bless, anoint my lips of clay, that I may speak as the oracles of God. Lord, anoint our ears and hearts to receive and apply it to our lives. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You all can be seated in the name of All throughout the Bible, we can see glimpses of the grace of God. We can see God's hand upon each and every one. All the way back into the Garden of Eden. 
There, there was grace and all the way through to where Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Grace was the word uh, that Noah experienced when he got the information that the flood was going to come and that he should build an ark for the saving of his household. Although he was the preacher of righteousness and no one else seemed to even care or understand what was going on, he knew without a shadow of a doubt that grace was the thing that he needed from God. And without the grace of God, he would have been among all the others that, um, that did not experience salvation from the flood, but rather they died inside the flood. Yes, it was terrible and yesterday we went to the creation museum and uh, we saw uh, the, the, the ark and we talked about how how Noah built the ark and and they had uh, a, a a model that was drawn out and it showed uh, people on on rocks just trying to survive but they could see the ark but they couldn't get to the ark they could see what they needed to do but there was no way they could cross to get to where safety was and even if they did get to the to the place where safety was, the door had been shut, and their opportunity for grace had been taken away, all because they didn't heed the warning. And I I want to just jump a little bit off of my sermon here today and let you know that one of these days the door is going to be closed, and the ones who had the opportunity to receive salvation are going to lose that opportunity because grace. Grace would be taken away. And the Bible also mentions it like this, talking about grace. It says there was a space of grace. And I, I don't know if you believe and, and understand the dispensations and how the, the, the Bible was written in dip, the, the different dispensations and how how we, we live in different how the Bible is laid out in different dispensations or or, or dispensations or, or, or time frames. And that right now we are in the dispensation of grace but there is going to come a time when the dispensation of grace or the time of grace or the space of grace comes to an end and that space of grace will stop and judgment will ultimately stand in the place of grace and I, I'm so glad that I'm living and have all the opportunities of the grace of God. I believe the day that this world will one day, will will cry out for grace but they will not find any grace because they did not heed the warning Jesus was coming the flood is coming they didn't heed the warning but they will die in their sin they will die by fervent heat they will be left for the go through great tribulation all because they didn't get into the ark of safety and the church of the living God is the ark in which we can get into it is the grace in which we can abide in. How many thankful for the place we can be in to have grace? Let's clap our hands to him right now. Yes, grace, grace. Marvelous grace. No one knew about it. Huh. His family knew about it. The first thing he did when he got off the ark, he built an altar and he and he, he, he had a sacrifice and he offered it to God. He had a lot to give God. Oh, sometimes when you, when you think about grace, oh, you know what? I, I, I received grace. I'm just going to lay back and relax. No, you know what? Grace done to Noah. He said, yes, I have experienced the grace of God, but I'm going to give God what he desires. I'm going to sacrifice unto God. You know what grace does in our life? Grace allows us to present ourselves. I, I a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Yes, we have experienced the grace, but this grace has got us to the point to where God spared our life, and so we're going to do the things that are pleasing to God. How many wants to please God with their life? I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to provide God everything He desires for my life. My life is yours, completely yours. Yes, yes, grace all throughout 
Uh, the Bible, the Bible reads how that uh, they were sacrifices that was made all throughout the, the law of Moses was brought in and provided a, a, a type and a, and a shadow of things to come. When you talk about the Old Testament and how they they had to kill the sacrifice and how and you know and how to 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 do to properly do everything and all of that's written in the scriptures and and how God gave the law. And, and the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments, and all 600 and some odd commandments that was gave to, to, the, to the people of God. All of those commandments was gave to, to show them a pathway to grace. To show them a pathway that they can be free. A pathway that they could get their sins forgiven. A pathway that they could get their sins removed. But all the way back in when, when, that, when that happened, they, they followed after the principles. And they, they, they followed after all the details that had to be done and that only pushed their sins forward. It only covered them for a year and then they had to do it again. They only had a year of grace. Just a year of having their sins gone but then after all of that it was gone the, the, the sins came back because they was not taken away. They were just pushed forward. They were just covered up. Oh but they had that picture and outline of what grace looked like. When they could live a year and their sins were gone. When they could live and their children wouldn't have to be under the bondage of sin. All because they've done the proper sacrifice. All because they brought what God required of them. It was a type and shadow of things to come. Oh, all the way through that. You read about David and all of the mercies and all of the grace and all of the things that he had in his life. Oh, what amazing grace David experienced. All of the things, all of the things that took place throughout the lives of the men and women of God and how they would murder and they would commit adultery and all the, the people that were used by God would all be caught in the act and doing things that were unpleasing to God but yet God still showed mercy and yet God still showed favor. It didn't matter what they had done. It didn't matter if they would have, Moses was a murderer. He was still a deliverer sent to deliver the people out of bondage. Yes, no. David was an adulterer, but yet he still was able to be called by God and do a work for God. Why? Why would God use somebody like me? Why would God use somebody like you? It's because of grace. And God's grace is amazing. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Yes, it is. All the way through, all the way through the Bible, we can read of all of the, the prophets and all of the major prophets and minor prophets go all the way through. And you study it all out and how God showed mercy. And I, I believe God showed mercy on whom he will show mercy. And I, I believe we got a God that one day he will not wink at their calamity. Oh, because grace will not be found. Oh, but I tell you what, all the way through the Bible we can see evidences of grace. Evidence of grace. Oh, it's an old song. It ain't really an old song. I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life. All over my life. I see the promises in fulfillment all over my life, all over my life. You know what? You can look at your life and you can see the evidence of God's goodness. Oh, I couldn't done it on my own, but I got a God that showed me grace. I'm not worthy, but God made me worthy. I shouldn't be here, but God showed favor. I shouldn't be living for God and having the Holy Ghost, but God rested down and I see the evidence of the things that God's doing in my life. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes. All the way through. All the way through. We can read all the way through till we get to Malachi or Malachi, however you want to say. As Sister Sarah calls it Malachi. Sounds like a Mexican restaurant. Where we eating at? We're going down to Malachi's. You got some burritos down there. You know what? All the way through. 
You can read of God's grace. Yes, they still had to go through the motions. Yes, they had to still go through the procedures. Yes, they had to do everything to a certainty and had to repeat it every year. Yeah, but God's grace was still there. They didn't have to die in their sin. They were many of those were put in the articles of faith or the or the or the or the, or the, or the, or the faith chapter. Oh, where they talked about the, the ones who had faith and talked about Abraham and all the way through. Oh, and how God showed grace to all of those people. Oh, because of their faith, because they believed, because they trusted, because they walked with God. Why could how could they done it? It's by the grace of God. All the way through those men and men and women of God, they lived for God because God gave them a little taste of grace. Oh, and then you got to that moment of Malachi, and then you get the moments of silence. No one knows, nobody hears from God, but then there is that breakthrough. Oh, the, the breakthrough. Oh, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name and his government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Yeah, woo! Now there's a breakthrough, a breaking the silence, and there came a loud sound when it came, and his name shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Oh, even the name of Jesus testifies of the grace of God when it says it like this. Jesus in definition means Jehovah has became my salvation. Oh, oh, Emmanuel, which being interpreted God with us. How many understand today that Jesus came down, God came down and robed himself in flesh and became one of us. Oh, and he said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. There he was. He came in. Oh, what was a breakthrough in what was seemed to be a hopeless situation. It came a breakthrough when they were still under the bondages of the law and still under the bondages of the Old Testament. Oh, maybe we can receive freedom from the, the, the rituals that we had to go through. Oh, there it was. Oh, there Jesus came, walked as a man, robed in flesh. You know what? You know what they said to him? He said, he's blaspheming. It is a man calling himself God or acting or stating that he is God or making himself out to be God. But no, they had it almost right. It was God making himself to be a man. It wasn't a man making himself to be God, but it was God making himself to be a man. I tell you what, God came down all oh, because of grace. God walked on this earth all oh, because of grace. Walked all the way through, healed all of the ones that are sick, all the ones that believed. I knew you could think about all the, the pictures of grace that had been brought forth with a woman with the alabaster box when she came in when he was at Simon's house and she broke the alabaster box and with great tears washed the feet of Jesus Christ and dried them with his hair or with her hair. Oh, the grace and mercy. Yes, her sins were many, the Bible says. Oh, but oh, grace was bigger. Oh, I tell Tell you what, as he walked on this earth, he was able to forgive sins. Oh, and they even made a statement. He said, Who can forgive sins but God? Yes. Who can forgive sins but God? And Jesus was God in the flesh and he was able to forgive sins. All oh, way. Everywhere he went, he done the will of his Father, the will of the Spirit. He didn't, he let us know that our life should not be based on our physical fleshly desires and our own personal will. That the will that we should focus on is the will of the Spirit of God that's living inside of us. Oh, where he was walked was where God wanted him to walk. What he thought was what God wanted him to think. Oh, you know what? That's the grace of God that provokes you to do good works. That's the grace of God that says you're going to have to do God's will and not your will. Let's clap our hands to him right now. Mm. I might start preaching here in a minute. 
all the way through. He walked all the way. Oh, as I get old song, it said a promise coming down the dusty road and dust balls going. Oh, reminds me when the boy was dead in a casket or a coffin, the Bible said, when they came all the way through and they was carrying that, that boy in a casket. And oh, it was on a funeral procession. On the way to the grave, they already had the funeral, but there he was being carried all down the road. Dust was flying, tears was being shed, all because the boy was dead. If I was a reporter, I'd be all right. When, you know what? You know, there he was, laying in a casket. Oh, and there he was. He didn't have no life in him. And there he was. Oh, just deader than a doornail. Nailed together in a box, nailed together, and there he was. But Jesus came up to that box, and he walking upon this earth, he walked up to that box and said, open it up. Oh, and they said, what are you talking about, boy? You know, we, we're ready to put him down. Open up that casket. You know what? He, he opened up that coffin. And you know what? He spoke to that boy and the boy raised up. How many understands today that Jesus can still raise the dead? And Jesus can still raise out of a coffin. Yes, he's been dead. Oh, but open up the coffin because God's getting ready to do something great in your life. Oh, then he went to his best friend's funeral, you know. Jesus likes going to funerals, right? You know, Jesus likes going up messing with funeral. You know, ever heard of Wedding Crasher? You know what? I, I was telling Brother Sturgeon, I said, yeah. I, 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 it's been a while since I crashed a wedding. But you know, you ever heard of Wedding Crashers? You know what? Jesus was a funeral crasher. You know what? It'd be like, you know, you have a funeral, you look back and say, oh, no, Jesus coming. You better watch out. You better hold, go granny down. Make sure you don't let her up. She's got a bad heart. She'll be the next one up here. Jesus just walked in. Just imagine if you went to a funeral and Jesus walked in. Just imagine if somebody was dead in the, in the grave and you was crying and Jesus walked in. Oh, I tell you what, that'd be an amazing thing. So, oh, Jesus just come in. You better watch out, you know. You, know, you never know what's going to happen. Oh, Jesus came up. And he said to the to the tomb of Lazarus, his 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 good friend, his best friend. He, he he looked at that tomb, and the Bible said, Jesus said those words, the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. You know, a lot of people say it's the shortest verse of the Bible, but I believe. That then that then those those two words Jesus wept was uh, was a large time frame. I don't believe it was just a well. He was a good man, my best friend. You know. All right, let's go eat. No, he didn't do that. You know, he didn't give a casual tear walking by the casket on the way out. Mm, God bless. Oh man, he's gonna be missed. I didn't know him, so I'm. Gonna, I don't know how I'm gonna miss him, but you know. He, he didn't just cry like that but I believe with big crocodile tears ran down the Lord's face and he cried oh, oh Lazarus oh he cried oh he cried with tears even though he knew that Lazarus was going to rise oh but the tears wasn't exactly just for Lazarus but the tears was because of their unbelief and they said he's going to rise up oh Lord we know He's going to rise in that day. Oh, but Jesus said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. I tell you what, though you were dead, you are now alive. It was the grace of God that reached down and rose Lazarus when he stood at that open tomb. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. The Bible said Lazarus came forth and, and he rose up. Oh, the grace of God came all the way through and he showed the power of God moving all throughout his life. Oh, and then he reached that place. 
that place where he was in the in the in the judgment hall. Oh, he was getting judged by Pilate and all the ones. Who are you going to? Who do you want? Do you want Jesus or do you want Barabbas? Oh, which one? You know, Barabbas had a record. He was a he was a murderer. He was a criminal. He was a criminal. He was a thief. He didn't deserve to live. But Jesus had done no wrong. So the question was asked: Who do you want? Do you want Jesus or do you want Barabbas? And which one did they say? Barabbas, give us Barabbas. So there was that man, although he didn't understand it, Barabbas experienced the grace of God. Although he didn't experience it, or didn't know exactly what was going on, but when he but, but but he was a bound man that went away free. He was one that was bound and should have died on the cross, but he went home to his family. Oh, Barabbas should have died, but he experienced the grace of God. God. He should have died, but he experienced grace. Mm. Imagine going home and say, I thought you were, or his wife would be like, I thought you were going to die. Uh, boyfriend, you're going to have to leave. Husband's back. I thought he was dead. Sorry. Let's redo. He's like, oops. Jesus messed it up again. I'm <laughs> just kidding. So there he was. Oh, he went home to his family. Oh, but Jesus went to the cross. Oh, you know what? Barabbas, you know, he got free. Oh, he, he should have died. You should have died for your sins, but Jesus took your place. You should have been the one that died, but Jesus took your place. You should have been the one to have nails in your hands and in your feet, but the Lord took that for you, and you went home free, and he died for you and me. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Thank Him for the grace of God. Yes, God's grace. God's grace. All the way to the whipping post. Let's back up a little bit. All the way to where they they beat Him. They, they took off His clothes and they... They put on a, a scarlet robe and mocked him by saying hell to the king of the Jews. And they, they mocked the Lord. Oh, what kind of grief he had to go through. Oh, what kind of shame that he had to face. Surely he bore our grief and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. Oh, there he was all the way till they put that cross upon his back. Weak. Oh, because they've put the stripes on his back for, the, for our healing. 39 save one, stripes save one. He, they took that for our healing. They plucked his beard, a crown of thorns and blood came straight streaming down his blood came streaming down his blood came streaming down for me one day when I was lost Jesus died upon the cross and there he shed his blood for me who did he die for he died for you he died for you so you can have salvation so you can be free and you can have eternal life there he was oh Oh, the way he carried that cross till he fell, he couldn't take it no more. And he had, someone else had to carry the cross. I ain't got time to give you a whole Bible study today, but let me tell you, as he went on up to the cross, and he, they, they put him down on that cross, and they put nails in his hands, nails in his feet. And the anguish and the pain, every time they struck the nail, ching. Oh, 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 and they went to the other hand. Oh, this one is for Brother Dylan. Oh, 
this is for Brother Sturgill. And he kept going all the way. Oh, what kind of grace. And he laid down his life on that, on that wooden beam. And he took the nails. Each and every, every one of those licks was for you. And as they put him down, or, or, or as they begin to, to nail him, nail him to that cross and they grab that cross. Oh, and they raised it up. And the words that Jesus said was getting ready to be fulfilled. Jesus said these words, if I be lifted up above the earth, I will draw all men unto me. So there he was. They raised him up on the cross. They lifted, they, they, they stretched him wide and hung him high. Oh, for you and I. You know what? Then he went up on that cross and they put him in the ground. And they And his body was there. And he, he, he couldn't take a breath without raising himself up. Rubbing the back, his back upon that old rugged cross. Oh, the pain and anguish as he raised up and he looked down. But yet in all of his pain, in all of his breathing, in all of his shame he had to go through. Hanging naked on the cross, he still cried out with a loud voice and said those words Father forgive them for they know not what they do oh what kind of grace that even the ones that done all that to him he said Lord forgive them they don't really know what they're doing forgive them Father forgive them for they know not what they do there he was hanging Oh, six hours on the cross. Oh, oh, six hours on the cross. Mm. So they went through and they, he, he asked for water. He asked for something. He said, I thirst. And they gave him vinegar. They gave him a sponge and they just saw all the suffering and the anguish and they got to the point to where the Bible said they took the spear and they went up and they stuck thrust it in his side and the Bible says out of his side ran out blood and water. You know what? When the blood and the water came together oh it's an amazing thing. Oh that's why we are washed by the water of the word. That's why when we're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ oh Oh, we receive remission of sins because the blood and the water came together. Oh, you know what? Noah was saved by water. Oh, and we are saved by the washing and the regeneration of the renewal of the Holy Ghost. How many knows today we got the power because we have the name of Jesus and it's because he went to the cross and he bore the stripes, he bore the, the pain and the anguish and the water and the blood came together. Let's clap our hands to the Lord right now. Yes, yes. His pain, his anguish was very noticeable throughout all the region. Oh, reminds me of that old song we used to sing growing up. While he was on the cross, I was on his mind. And he knew me, and he loved me, he whose glory makes the heavens shine, so much mercy, so much mercy and grace he had on us. While he was on the cross, I was on his mind. You know what he thought? He thought about you. Oh, this one is for you. This is not for me. Oh, he said, no one takes my life. I lay it down. Oh, I lay it down. And he got to the point to where, oh, oh, he got to the point to where it was at the end. It was at the moment to where things were being ready to be complete. It was at the moment where, where the fulfillment of his purpose was getting ready to take 
place. Oh, he was hanging on the cross and he spoke those words as he felt the absence of the Spirit of God. Oh, what a grieving sometime it is when you feel the presence of God leaving you. Oh, I tell you today, because God will not dwell in an unclean temple and God will not stay where sin abides. And when sin came in, the Spirit had to go. When he bore your sin, the Holy Ghost had to leave. When he took on your sin, God couldn't stay no longer. And I want to tell you, if you got sin in your life, you, the Holy Ghost has got to get out. He's not welcome there. He can't stay where sin is. He's got to get out. And you know, on top of his of Jesus' shoulders, bore all of the sins of humanity from the past and present and future. Every one of those sins rested upon his shoulders. Oh, he felt the weight of sin, but not just the weight of sin. But he felt the absence of the presence of God. Maybe it was the fear that Adam felt when the presence of God abandoned him when he was standing naked in the garden and he went out and he killed he killed an animal that he could get the skin to cover up his nakedness because he was afraid. Maybe he felt all of the shame that they feel that someone felt after they murdered and, and raped and, and done the things that was off. Maybe he felt the, the shame of a rapist or shame of a child molester, a shame of a drug addict. He felt it all. All of that was on his shoulders. All of that was on his shoulders. Oh, then he made that statement around the ninth hour. Jesus cried with a loud voice. Just imagine Oh, the, the loudness of his voice and how it may have echoed throughout all of the region, all around. The Bible said he said those words, Eli, Eli, Lama, Sabathani, which says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why, why hast thou forsaken me? Oh, he felt the absence of God for the first time. He felt the absence of the presence of God in his life. You know what? I don't want to live a day without God's presence. I don't want to live a day without God's pulling and conviction. I don't want to live a day without God pulling at my heart. I'm glad I got conviction of the Holy Ghost. Aren't you glad God can still convict you of your sins? Every time you feel the presence of God in your life, don't take it for granted. Because one day you may be like Jesus hanging on the cross and say, Why have you forsaken me? And it's all because of your sin. All because of your sin. There he stood. He were hung on the cross, and the Bible said, Oh, and straightway they ran and they took a sponge and filled it and gave him a drink. Oh, you know what? All of this was, was happening. All of this was taking place, and all of this was going on. The Bible says that Jesus out cried out again with a loud voice. This time it didn't really say what he said. He just said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Oh, then they started panicking. This, something's going on here. Something bad is going to happen. Something's going to take place we've never seen before. Oh, is what he said, is, what happened going to take place? Is all of that going to happen? Oh, and the Bible said that he, he yelled out again with a loud voice. In verse number, four, verse number 50, it says, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yield up the ghost oh silence imagine the voice the, the, the cry of grace oh silence filled as a yell become utter silence. 
oh, you know what? What kind of amazing thing happened? The Bible said, oh, that it all, all of that took place. And at that moment, oh, the Bible says the clouds came and darkness came. There was an earthquake. The Bible says that the veil of the temple was rent in the twine from top to bottom. Oh, and the earth started shaking and the rocks started renting. And the Bible says that the graves were opened up and many of the bodies of the saints which slept arose. Oh, it was shaking. Oh, it was dark. Oh, it was glooming some. Oh, what's going to happen next? Oh, what's going to happen? Oh, oh, the fear all went around as the dead began to rise from the grave. Nobody talks about that resurrection. Many of the saints rose up from the grave. All the tombs started opening up. Everything was going on. Just imagine saying, man, I think we killed the wrong one. Let's go find Barabbas and see if we can fix things. You know what? Maybe they, maybe they found the wrong one. They said, well, we, we got the wrong one. You know, you know maybe we should followed our gut but you know what all of that started taking place and the Bible said that they they came out of the graves after the resurrection and they went into the holy city uh, and appeared for many days or, or appeared to many you know what they all came the earthquake all of this, this stuff happened and all of this stuff happened all the way through we can read of all of the things that happened and they took him down off of that cross and the Bible said they went to Joseph's tomb and they put they wrapped him up and they put him inside that tomb and they they, they, they wrapped him up in gray, gray clothes put a napkin on his, his face and they put him in there oh and they rolled away the stone over that door and they set guards in front of the door and nobody could get in oh nobody could get out because they were watching oh but an angel appeared and rolled away the stone from the door oh and he came out from the grave oh oh there was grace found when he came up out of that grave oh death where is thy sting and grave where is thy victory oh for death is swallowed up in victory oh I tell you what there was grace that happened when Jesus rose up from the grave aren't you glad the Lord rose from the grave Yes, yes. God rose from the dead. He, he rose up from the grave to show us the grace. If not for the resurrection, where would we be? If Jesus had not rose from the dead, what hope do we have? What are we even preaching? Paul said it like this, if, the, if there would not be no resurrection, then our faith is in vain. We are living because Jesus rose. We have life because Jesus rose. We have grace because Jesus rose. And because He rose, we can rise up. Oh, that's how we get the gospel. We can die, be buried with him in baptism and if we're buried with him in baptism we can raise up with him oh by the power of the Holy Ghost amen and walk in newness of life aren't you glad today that when you're buried with him you can raise up again oh by the cause of that same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you it shall quicken your mortal body aren't you glad for the Holy Ghost let's clap our hands to him right now Yes, grace, grace, marvelous grace. He rose up all the way through that whole experience, that change, and that uh, the the event that took place, that that change, the event that changed the course of history. It changed the calendar. It changed everything. Because he came and died for you.
we were dead in our trespasses and sin. We were dead because of the things that the sinful nature desires. But the Lord has made us alive. Verse number 1, Ephesians chapter 2. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses. The word quickened means made alive. You who he made alive who were dead. Wherein in times past walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom all we, among whom also we all had our conversations in times past. The word conversation in King James means lifestyle. It means we've all had our lifestyle. In what? Lust of the flesh, fulfilling desires of the flesh and the desires of the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherein He loved us, even when we were dead in sin, hath He quickened us together with Christ. By grace, ye are saved. That was you. Oh, but tis amazing grace. The Bible goes on and says, And hath raised us up together, and hath made us to sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Rose us up. Why did he do that? You were children of wrath, children of disobedience, controlled by the prince of the power of the air. Oh, you were a sinner. You were, you were full of shame, but he still rose you up to sit together in heavenly places with who? In Christ Jesus. That in the age to come, you might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness towards us through Jesus Christ. So you could show the grace. Where you go to work, show the grace of God. Thank God I'm not, not one, not what I used to be. Jesus forgave my sins. Now I am washed pure and clean. Thank God I'm not, not what, not what I used to be. But by His grace, now I am saved, living in victory. As I'm coming to a close here today, the Bible says, For by grace you are saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, but it is a gift from God. Grace. Grace. Not what you've done. Grace. You are saved, not of works, lest any man should boast. Grace, you are saved. And are made his workmanship created in the in Christ Jesus unto good works. By grace God put his hands upon you. By grace he steps into your life. It's amazing grace that God blessed us with. Oh, amazing grace. Does anybody ever remember the time when you received it for the first time? Many of some of us has been in church for a while, but don't ever forget what grace feels like. Because it's what got you in, and it's what's going to keep you in. Because without the grace, oh, 
we wouldn't receive anything. Oh, it's the free unmerited love, the free favor of God that is the spring of the source of all the benefits that God has. Nothing compares to the promise that we have in the Lord. The joy of the Lord, as Brother Sturgill said, is our strength. It is our mainstay. It is our hope. It is our peace. It is our guidance. It is our charity to others. We never forget how free it was given, freely given. It was never ours to purchase. Oh, you can never really describe it with all the words. You could keep going on and on and on and say, but grace is far much more than words could ever describe. It's more than words that you could ever put in a book or, or pen and put in a sermon. Oh, but to, to me, to me today, the grace of God, the abundance of God's grace, it is putting it inside of you, everything that God had when He has gave His life for us sacrifice it's his grace when he heals a little woman with cancer it is grace when he heals a man with cancer or a child that's laying at the children's hospital with a death life threatening disease but God shows grace and heals that poor baby oh when he saves a father or mother in the twilight years of their life oh when God reaches down and provides salvation and, and brother Dave shared it uh, shared it to a sermon talking about a man in hospice that got, got that had a deathly disease but when he repented and got baptized in the name of Jesus he rose up out of that that water and he was completely healed and, and hospice said we don't, you don't need to be here go on home and he's living today that is the grace of God it's the grace of God when God gives you another chance when you should have left God and never came back it's the grace of God when, when, uh, when uh, he gives you another chance on life when doctor says there's no hope and you should have died but it is the grace of God oh the grace of God is so amazing so many of us should be in a tomb right now we should be in a grave right now but God's mercy God's grace God's grace we all sang the song, Amazing Grace, a sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. You could think about that song and break it down. Oh, you're talking about the Mosaic Law and how, talked about how salvation was always intended for the, for the Jews. But there we was. I once was lost, but now I'm found. You know what? Once was lost, but now I'm found. Oh, I, I was found. Oh, a people that should not be saved. Oh, because of grace. Oh, we as the children of God, we are able to have that salvation. Oh, and, and brought in and to do the things God wants us to do. Yes, we were blind, but now we see. Oh, blind people. Oh, we worship devils. We worship the things we didn't know. We followed after the darkness instead of the light. But now we have experienced the grace of God. Oh, we didn't know how to obtain the light, but God show us mercy. We, we, but we who came out of darkness oh and and shine the Lord shined on our hearts oh the light of God and he touched us and he redeemed us and he showed us then we can say I once was blind but now I see oh by grace oh his grace is sufficient Paul said said it like this there was a thorn in my flesh and I prayed thrice that he would go away but it didn't matter his grace is sufficient for you. His grace is sufficient. The Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verses nine and ten says, "And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will." 
Uh, Therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in in necessities, in persecution, in distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Grace. By grace, and no more works, Romans 11 and 6. And if by grace, then is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then is it no more grace. Otherwise, works is no more grace. Work. Doesn't matter. You can't earn this. It's the amazing grace. Let's all stand. As the Spirit of the Lord is moving in this place, we've all experienced the grace of God. It's the grace of God that reconciles His people back into Himself. Romans 5 and 2, by whom also ye have access by faith unto his grace wherein we stand. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. It doesn't always doesn't stop here, but it also goes to eternity. Eternal life. The final say so. When we reach the end. 1 Peter 1 and 13. Wherefore gird up the, the loins of your mind. Be sober. And hope to the end. For, your, for the grace that is to be brought unto you. At the revelation of, of Jesus Christ. Salvation. Your hope. It's all because of the thing called grace. His grace still amazes me. Where would I be without His grace carrying me through every season? Where would I be without His grace? You would be lost forever. But it's His grace that gives us that plan that we can repent of our sins. We can be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins. And by the grace of God, we can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And then we can live our lives abounding in grace. In a world we live in, the Bible says, Romans 5, 15. It says that where sin abound, grace is much more abound. By one, verse 19 says, For... By one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense may abound. But where sin abound, grace did much more abound. Favor, grace. Don't you thank for the grace of God? Yes, He's forgave you in the past, but I need His grace more now 
than ever before. Let's pray, God. In the name of Jesus, I come before you. I pray, God. Lord, that you would move on every person in this room, God. That we would experience the grace of God every day. I need your grace in every situation I'm going through. Oh, I, there's many that's going through tough times right now. There's many that's going through trials right now. They need your grace. Don't show them judgment, but show them grace. Don't show them uh, uh, your wrath, but rather show them mercy. Show them grace, oh God. Lord, for we know, God, that your mercy is not given us what we deserve and your grace is giving us the things that we don't deserve and I pray that you would have mercy and grace on each and every individual that's in this place God I pray God today that you would give hope and joy and peace oh all throughout their lives oh God I pray Lord for your spirit to move and to rest in this place in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name let's find us a place to pray God's grace is sufficient you're going through a tough time but God's grace is sufficient trials are tough but grace is sufficient you may be faced with things you've never faced before but God's grace is sufficient God's moving in your life God's touching your life his grace is sufficient for you let's pray in Jesus name